Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome everyone to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Customer Success, and I'm joined by Miss America 2018, Cara Mund. And today we are discussing how to connect your platform. And Cara, what does it mean to connect your platform? Yeah, so connecting your platform is really twofold. So first, you need to connect your platform to others emotionally. And second, you need to connect it to other um, areas of your community. And so this is part two of three of our platform series. And so if you're just building your platform, I would definitely recommend listening to part one. So on today's episode, you're going to learn how to lean into resources that already exist to expand the reach of your platform. And I'll start with a quick story. Um, And I mean the story with love, but I do think it's important to illustrate the importance of this conversation today. So once I met a contestant, her platform was really unique. Um, And let's say it was based off a specific breed of an exotic animal that lived in another continent than North America. She had built and created a nonprofit organization that supported this uh, exotic animal. So I asked her just casually in conversation if any other organizations existed to support this animal. And she actually didn't know if there were any other organizations that already existed. And uh, Cara, if you were judging and you asked a contestant this question, what would that tell you? Yeah, for me, it would make me think that either she didn't prepare enough or that maybe she didn't actually know enough or just found this this topic and thinks this is something that's important to to talk about because maybe no other contestant was doing it. Um, So it really would hinder her performance and interview for me. Yeah, I think it was she clearly was passionate about the cause, but it was like, okay, I really I really like this. I'm going to bring awareness to it, but I'm not going to really I'm not really sure what to do about it. And it was if I remember back to it, she had a hard time illustrating what she was actually going to do for these animals. It was more just bridging that gap. And again, I think she was a teen. So you're not supposed to be changing the world when you're a teen. So no judgment, but this is a learning experience for everyone. But I do have to ask you this question, Cara, because it's a really hot topic in the industry when it comes to your platform. Do you need your own nonprofit to have a legit platform? No, uh, I definitely don't think you do. For me personally, um, you know, I started my platform back when I was 14. And so I had been working on it for 10 years before I even got to the Miss America stage. Uh, And additionally, it was something that I didn't, you know, figure out was a passion I was interested in because of pageantry. Um, It was a passion I already really enjoyed and Mm. just adapted to pageantry. Um, But for me, it was it was a organization, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I've talked about a little bit this about this in part one, um, but I started my own event. And so rather than creating my own nonprofit that did the same thing Make-A-Wish did, I thought, well, I can create my own event that that get, raises money for this large nonprofit organization that really has the resources and an impact that I'm hoping to, to one day make. 
Yeah, and we'll talk all about why it's important to partner with larger organizations that already exist shortly. So I'm on your team. I do not think you need your own nonprofit. I think a lot of, I mean, it's not easy to get a nonprofit started. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think if you only applied all of that to your platform itself, it would make a huge difference. If you listen to part one, make that title or make one of those spokes really unique to what you want to do with that cause. Unless something really doesn't exist, I, I agree. I don't think you need to go that direction. But um, the first way to connect your platform is to see who else is sharing your same vision. There's likely an international, national, or even local organization, maybe by you, maybe not, um, who shares in that mission. And, and Cara, how did you do this for yourself and how can others? Yes. So for me, it was important to, to find someone who is doing something similar, but then also to differentiate myself. And so there were a lot of girls that were, were partnering with organizations like Make-A-Wish or Make-A-Wish specifically. Um, but since I had already been working with them and, and started my own um, event for them that became an, an annual decade long event, uh, I tried to figure out, OK, like this is what I think that they're doing really well in the, in the messaging and promoting. Um, but now I need to put my little flair on it about how I started this at just 14 and, and did all of these things that, you know, was not pageant related that now I'm able to apply and doors of opportunity are opening. Um, so I definitely think it's really great to find that role model or even if it's not someone specifically partnering with that organization, there's such great ways to see how women are um, communicating their, their platform, what they're doing, how are they staying active, uh, especially during this time where we're doing a lot of virtual events. Uh, it's really great to see, you know, what works, what doesn't. And as as women in this community and in this field, it's really important that we we continue to build each other up and show, you know, how we're going to continue to make this impact. Yeah. And it's as simple as a Google search, right? If, if Karen mm -hmm. wasn't familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation prior, she could have searched for pediatric cancer support or um, cancer support for families. So whatever your platform is, you don't need to search for the organization because if you don't know they exist, you can't search for them. But whatever that platform is, financial literacy for teens or healthy eating options and see what organizations are founded on that principle and learn more about them. Because I, again, I, I would be really shocked if there's any cause in the world really that doesn't exist by now, but just in case. So I, I actually used to work for a national nonprofit. I work for the American Heart Association and the resources they have are one 1,000 times more plentiful than a startup organization. As far as a pageant title holder and I made a nonprofit for heart health, I mean, I would be starting from the ground up. I don't have any scientists that I'm employing. I'm not buying any, I'm not paying for any grants for any research. So they had, as an organization, endless graphics, handouts, educational materials. I think they even had an app. If they don't, then they probably do now. And most importantly, they had reliable research and credibility. So if you're talking about a nonprofit organization or you're talking about a, a cause, if people recognize the name of something, they've heard it before, like, oh yeah, I can relate to this, or oh yeah, this person is um, must be really educated on their topic. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think credibility is so underrated. Um, if you're aligned with a legitimate organization who others have heard of, just like you said, it makes people take notice. And something too is, you know, if you're interested in financial literacy, maybe you don't have an organization right there in your community or, or close by, but you might be able to go to an organization focused on, you know, resources for women or something like that and create maybe a little, a little side, you know, 
event or mm -hmm. um, type of education with an organization that's already existing. So again, not having to create your own from scratch. Yeah, I remember I went to a junior achievement event. Have you heard of junior achievement, Cara? Yes, yes. I participated in junior achievement. Oh, you do? So you probably can tell this story way better than me. But I attended um, an event. It was, I think, 300 high schoolers at the time. And it was, I will say, it was like 75% young boys and 25% young girls. But if you were a pageant title holder and you saw that and that was your platform, you're like, well, junior, okay, this was a junior achievement event, but what, what could I do that's maybe alongside junior achievement that focuses specifically for the young woman in the room? So you, again, it all goes back to, you don't have to start from scratch. This is a process mm -hmm. and you can make it 100% your own. Um, so Cara, we're obviously in a really interesting time where appearances like aren't what they usually are. Like no one's going to see 300 junior achievement students anytime soon. So how important were appearances regarding your platform to you and where'd you find them? Yeah. Um, so because I was so active in my organization already, you know, I knew that there were fundraiser events coming up. So I would go to those um, even events that were not specifically Make-A-Wish events. A lot of times there were still Make-A-Wish kids there. Um, so, again, there's there's so many different avenues that you can look for. And sometimes you just have to be really creative. Um, but for me, it, it, there were so many opportunities. And again, I think that really helps because I had an organization that was well established. Um, um, and it was it was easier to to kind of access that that target market of individuals. And going back to the junior achievement, sometimes it can be really difficult to to get access to high school students, right? And having so many um, young minds in in a room. And so again, if your organization remote aligns with junior achievement, even if it's not junior achievement, there might be a way to to make a little partnership there that again makes it easier for you to make that reach and impact. Yeah, I don't want to dive into episode three already, but I will say it's the relationships you build, too, because if you provide value to any of the events you're attending, whether you're, um, oh, this is literally like hopping on my next um, my next point. So perfect. Okay, it's not episode three, so this is great. Um, okay, so if you're looking to get this, I will pause my train of thought because what I have in my outline here is way more valuable. So if you're looking to get into an event, you can't afford a ticket or you don't have a contact like Cara probably did to get into all of those events she just mentioned, my favorite trick was to reach out to the organizer. Again, this could be a brand new organization or maybe an organization I worked with maybe once or twice, but they don't like love me yet. So like, mm, we'll get there. So I would call and I'd say, hey, I'm Jesse Ledoux. I didn't say, hey, I said, hello, I'm Jesse Ledoux, Miss New York International or Miss International. And I saw your event online. I've been sporting. I I've been supporting this cause for several years and I would love to come be an extra set of hands if you need any additional volunteers. I would also be happy to post about the event on my social media and can certainly bring my crown and sash, but I'm happy to leave it at home and roll up my sleeves as well if you're more comfortable. So that way you're offering a service and if they're like, wow, like they're Miss New York, she came, she worked hard, she posted about our event, like we should definitely have her back for the next one. So you'll get more appearances by doing appearances. Mm hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it makes it easier, too. And when you tell them, you know, even if it's something that's different, like for me, it was like I participated in a Relay for Life event. I got to do this. I really enjoyed it. I'd love to come to your event again, uh, another opportunity and meeting those connections, because a lot of times it's the same volunteers at those that, you know, are, are really working for the mission that, that the organization is tied to. Yeah. And um. That's another interesting thought too, Cara, because Relay for Life is also cancer focused. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even though Make-A-Wish is not necessarily cancer focused, it is terminal illness focused, um, or I guess quality of life focused. What, what, I guess, let me have you, the person that's the expert on Make-A-Wish, tell us what Make-A-Wish's focus <laughs> on is real quick. Yes, yeah, so a life-threatening um, disease. So it could it could be something that a child has to live with for the rest of their life, or um, it can be something that just recently hit the family. Um, so they've really they've really broadened out. Um, but a lot of times, you know, with all of these organizations that are tied to to healthcare for children, so Relay for Life, Make a Wish, I know Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Um, a lot of times when I did events like that for Miss America, it was Make a Wish kids in the CMN hospitals. And so again recognizing the connection between all of these fabulous organizations. So just because you pick one as your platform doesn't mean that there's opportunities in so many others. Yeah, and I will caution that a little bit because everything you said was on the money. But I often see contestants that are running themselves ragged trying to hit a quota in their mind because they've set a goal for themselves, which is really a noble thing to do. But you don't have to veer too far from your home base. The more Mm -hmm. specialized you are, I actually find that the farther you will go. Um, A niche is a really great place to be because people can identify you with that area. So so Cara choosing strategically those appearances that all did go back to make a wish makes sense. So if you are focusing on financial literacy, I don't know why that's the theme for today, but it is the theme (laughs) for today. Um, And now I want to go shopping. Um, So so if that is your platform, it doesn't necessarily make sense for you to be doing um, appearances for the food bank in your area. And of course, if you have the time and the energy and the ability, it's a wonderful cause. All of these causes and platforms are wonderful. So you can't go wrong. But if you only have so many hours in the day and you are not Beyonce, where you have a whole staff to support you, be strategic with your choices. Yeah, that's important. It's a good point. Um, so when I was a title holder, um, Instagram was like brand new. Um, <laughs> so I can't really talk about this too much. But Cara, um, I have a few years on you. So how did you use social media as a way to connect with your platform? Yeah. So back when I started back in, um, you know, 2007, 2008 with Make-A-Wish, it was Facebook was primarily mm-hmm. um, the way that I was able to connect with people. And I'd be posting about events or like the event I founded, I would have a, you know, Facebook event and and whatnot. Um, and then being able to recruit volunteers. So I would reach out to like the university here and, um, you know, the athletics department and, and whatnot. So I did a lot of networking that way while also promoting. Um, and then as I, you know, got older and Instagram started becoming more more popular than I, I would post about it on Instagram and what I know at least for my to be one of the best resources because it was an event. It was easy enough to send people reminders or, you know, it was it was this Cara invited you, Cara invited you. Um, so it was it was a good way to connect um, that, you know, other platforms didn't necessarily give me. But it was also, I mean, it was really easy when I was in Rhode Island at Brown to post about Make-A-Wish events I was doing there. So while I couldn't, you know, my base back here in North Dakota, I couldn't invite people to those events. I could at least let them know that I was staying active and, you know, pr- helping Make-A-Wishes come true out there. Yeah. And um, in addition to so with, let's talk Instagram for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to formal organization handles, you should follow. So if you're following the American Heart Association. OK, cool. Um, search related hashtags to try to find some other accounts that put out really great content that are aligned that you can share with others. So sometimes um, this is, I guess, one of the drawbacks to working with a national organization is sometimes it does feel so prescriptive that it doesn't feel um, 
grassroots. So someone that's really not involved, they're seeing it and it looks really formal and it looks really scary. But if you make it into something more palatable for someone that's newer, that makes sense. So you can uh, find all of those. Um, and the way the algorithms on social media work is the more you interact with content, the more um, people in that content realm start to see you and find you. So comment and engage with those posts of those uh, accounts to show your support and be open to learning with each interaction. And hopefully that kind of creates yourself as a voice and maybe as you're sharing their content, they'll reciprocate and then maybe opportunities will come from there. Yeah, and not only that, but commenting on platform topics as they appear in the media. Mm. Um, so that's, that's another one, and whether it's obvious or, or underlying, but especially, you know, when you're prepping for your pageant and you're getting closer with those algorithms and already kind of being targeted in that market, it's really easy then to figure out, you know, what are the current events? And it's a lot more than having to search and, and find those things. You're already mm -hmm. connected and, and getting that information at a, at a constant rate. Yeah. So, so Cara, you were uh, top five for the Quality of Life Award at Miss America. Um, what were your secrets to connect yourself with the fabric of your platform to the general public? Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I love Make-A-Wish. And even after my year of service, I've continued to, to give back and um, work with the organization. I was just in their Giving Tuesdays video that we're going to be promoting out. Um, so it for me, it wasn't just a, a pageant platform. It was really an organization that I want to be partnered with for life. And so when I would speak with people about it, it was just so natural and, and so easy. And so I think one of the, the most important things I tell contestants is find something that you actually love talking about. Um, and as, as pageant contestants, we have so many different interests and it can be hard to pick just one. But like we talked about in our episode one, again, go back if you haven't heard it. But, um, you know, if you're on the road and, and you're talking about this for 360 five days at events, you know, you want it to be as authentic and genuine. And it's really easy when you love what you're talking about. Um, and I mean, for me, there were so many stories. So I would tell one story and then I'd have another story and it just made the conversation flow. And I never felt like I was having to, to answer a question I didn't know. It was like, oh my goodness, what story do I pick to share with this individual? And Kara is the right thing to do. I will tell you what I did, which was the wrong thing to do. So you can learn from that is I, when I was a teen contestant, my platform was um, eradicating hunger on a local state and national level. And that was the word I use, which is like, so not a, actually I was a miss. So I'm, I'm allowed to use a big word as a miss. I was 17, but I was a miss. Um, and I really didn't have a plan. I didn't have a focus. I didn't have a story. Like, I, I don't really know why I chose it. And even now I still look back, I'm like, why did I choose that platform? So I changed my platform from that to Children's Miracle Network. I had an aunt who was a nurse in the NICU and I had a cousin who was a NICU baby. And even still, like I didn't I didn't feel super connected. So then I changed it to volunteerism. And that's where I really hit my stride because I, like in this podcast, we talk about connecting with parts of that community. I called Volunteer Match. I became a volunteermatch.org member. That's where I got a lot of my appearances. And I had focused on, okay, what can I do? It's not just, I can't just be a volunteer. That's not a good enough platform. It was, how do I help these organizations retain their own volunteers? That was one of my spokes for my wheel was how to give them resources. And in many cases, I went and I did their volunteer orientations for them because they didn't feel like in a small nonprofit, it's hard to justify one person to focus on the volunteers, but you need the volunteers to make it happen. So it's a very difficult balance. 
And then the second piece of that is I would work with students. I'll talk about this in the next episode is I sat with students in computer labs and I showed them how to find volunteer resources. So it wasn't until that third platform that I really got it right. I partnered with an organization. I used it in practice and I was doing it behind the scenes. And I really love the thought of anyone giving back. And I just didn't have that sob story that we talked about in episode one. That's just not I, I'm fortunate in my life to not have that. And so if you change your platform, that's OK. If you don't hit it on the first time, that's OK. You're going to get there. And it's all about all of those different ways you can bring in your passion into one thing. So so you can do a car's way if it makes sense for you and you can do it the messy way. <laughs> Both are fine. Yeah, I think that's such a great lesson, too, because there there is a really big importance to recognizing when it's not working or maybe when you don't love talking about it as much as you thought you would. Um, and so really being able to to reevaluate and say, well, is there something else? And additionally, I mean, something we haven't really talked about is sometimes, you know, you can be really passionate about it. And if for some reason your judges just aren't connecting again, recognizing that because it's something that, you know, as a title holder, you're going to continue to be able to talk about that topic. But if it seems to be something that is just really difficult to communicate or, or maybe it's something that really hits close to home that more difficult for you um, in that that pressure environment of an interview to talk about you know it's okay then to, to look at other things you're passionate about and, and figuring out what that platform might look like so so Cara can you summarize today for us Yes. So in summary, connection to your platform can be rooted in existing organizations, international, national, local, which can be driven by the level of your title. Uh, book appearances that are tied and related to causes and events. As we said, you know, it, it can be good to look outside your organization, but also really recognizing the importance of specializing with your platform and then connect with social media presence and, you know, monitor cultural trends and build those that relevance and, and that networking. Um, because you never know where that's really going to take your platform. Think about it this way. If a news station called your organization and they said, hey, we have an opening on our channel, who do you think is the right person to talk about your cause? And you should be one of the first five people they think about because you're educated, you're reliable, and you've created relevance with the community and your platform. So tune in next week. We're going to discuss how to communicate your platform. So now you've done all the connecting. You've built it. You have a great platform. And the last piece is the most important piece. How do you communicate that? So thank you, Cara, and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this podcast or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time. Take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.